Show number 62 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. A four-star hotel in Chicago? I'm on it. Got a guy, needs a deal on a room. It's 200 a night. Sometimes doing the wrong thing can feel so right. Close your eyes. We both know you got empty rooms up there. Well, I guess I could do 99 a night. Well, you're so naughty. Save up to half off on hotels at Priceline. <laughs> what woman hasn't dreamed of hearing those words coming out of his mouth? <sighs> Well, this one certainly has. <laughs> Bill. So that was um, one of the new Priceline commercials uh, where they've cast Bill as the negotiator. Yes. And um, there there were a couple. We saw another one where he tasers a guy, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yes. But this is, I think, a slightly newer one where he gets to seduce a woman uh-huh. merely with his voice. <gasps> And his billness and his charm and, and his hotness. charm and hotness, of course, yeah. of course. So that was really funny. It's on YouTube. I'll pull it up, put up the link for it. But we just thought the audio for that was so funny because of what he said. You're so naughty. Oh. <laughs> so welcome to show sixty-two. 62. I'm Jungle Kitty. You are. Yeah. Who am I? I think you're Lena Taylor. Oh my God. <laughs> They know that. Oh, okay. They wouldn't be listening to this if they didn't know who we were. Well, I just think sometimes every now and then they might not know which voice is which. Oh. Because we just jabber. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's good. So I sound like this. <laughs> and I sound like this, except my nose sounds all stuffy, even though I'm not sick. You better not be. No, I'm not. Not at all. Okay. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, okay. So here we are to another show. We wanted to kick off with some, some good new Bill stuff. There's always good oh. new Bill stuff, but... Always, always. That was a good thing. Um, let me... Let's talk about the, the Trek rumor thing. Oh, okay. Because I just happened to have that email that you sent to me. Okay. So there are more and more rumors going around about Trek 11. Right. So uh, this... Uh, came from you got this from like imdb or something i think um actually i think i got it from the uh the trek uh bbs oh okay rumor is that james mcavoy who played tumnus the fawn in narnia has been approached to play scotty when asked if he would do it he said i don't know to tell you the truth replied the actor i'm a star trek geek fan fanatic so anything about it could make me cry the interviewer reported that he became nervous, giggly, and uncomfortable when the subject came up. Now, was it McAvoy or the reporter who became nervous and giggly? I, you know, it's not clear. <laughs> or maybe it was Scotty. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been any one of those three. So, no, I put in the IMDb link so if you didn't know who McAvoy oh, was, you okay. could go see. Um, I thought he was quite good as Mr. Tumnus. Uh-huh. He is a Scottish actor. Uh-huh. Could be. Could be. I don't know. But the thing is, okay, what are they going to, is this like Trek Babies where we're going to see little O'Hara and little Scotty? And the thing is, I always thought Scotty was about 10 years older than Kirk. Yeah, He certainly yeah. seemed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. Chief Engineer. But now the latest thing that I just saw the other day is J.J. Uh, Abrams. It, it's reportedly the script is done and he's very happy with it, but he hasn't decided yet if he is going to direct it or um, merely produce it. All right. So. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But you'll be hearing from us as soon as we hear anything else. Yes. Um, okay. You heard it here last. You heard it here last. <laughs> not not least, but last. 
But most importantly. But most importantly. Okay. Um, courtesy of one of our listeners, uh, we were alerted to the fact that you can now buy, direct from Amazon, copies of Alexander the Great. Alexander. <laughs> Alexander. So I posted this to the blog, um, and you can get it for the low, low price of $4. For on DVD. Copy, on DVD. You can also get used copies for $2.38. Yes. <laughs> so if you've ever wanted to see this... Which you all should. You should, and you have $4, you should buy it. It's going to be the same crappy quality as the one that we have, because that's all there but is. But that's better quality than the video. That's true. And let us reiterate, you see actual butt cheek. Yep. You see underwear. You see sword spanking. You see Bill riding bareback. Uh-huh. You see a slutty princess dancing for him. You see a homoerotic scene between him and James Cotton when he's in the bathtub. Yes. <laughs> you see a cuddle at the campfire. Yep. I mean, what's not to love? It has everything in it. Bill in this short little skirt all the way through oh. being commanderly. And having blonde, blonde hair and a shaven chest. Look at his arm. Even I know. in this, this little picture on the front of the DVD oh, case. Oh, I know. He looks fantastic. He, Yes. He is Alexander. He is. Oh. You have to get it. Go get it now. Go buy it. Four dollars. Four dollars. Come on. The the DVD costs like a dollar. Uh huh. The actual and then the case is like another fifty cents. So you're hardly paying anything. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So definitely that. Um, oh, the dolls. Let's talk about the dolls. Okay. So you sent me links to all these dolls um, that they've been releasing, and uh, so here's one. Star Trek, the original series, 40th anniversary landing party Kirk statue. Um, it says, this is, I love these things. Whoever writes these, it's, it's too funny. Um, when beaming down to strange alien planets, rest assured that James T. Kirk can be on your side <gasps> with this Star Trek landing party Kirk statue. Each piece of this series can be displayed individually or combined with the upcoming Spock and McCoy statues for the ultimate away team. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, nine inches tall, limited to 1,700 pieces, and it comes painted and ready for display. Oh, good. I thought I was going to have to paint it myself. Woo. But he's really in this ready-for-action pose. He is. Except that, like, his crotch is too smooth. Yeah. There should be a big bulge there. Oh, well, yeah. And there's not. But, so, you know, you could put a bulge on it and paint true, it black. That's true. That's true. We could, we could make it. So. Oh, wait. Like, I have to tell you something. Because we're talking about his bulge, which got me thinking about his pants, which I, because this will be another pants moment for you. I was watching an episode, and I don't remember which one it was, but as he was walking away, I swear to God, now that I'm looking for it, I could see those seams (gasps) on the butt. Really? I think so. Oh, my God. We got to start watching Oh, my God. (gasps) Okay. I'm very excited about that. (laughs) Okay. Show over. Lena needs to go away for a while. Excuse me. I need a private moment. I have to go think about the pants. I don't know what we're going to do the next time we go back there. You guys are going to have to give me a minute alone. With Restrain the you. <laughs> okay. Next up is Star Trek II Wrath of Khan figures on the way. Uh, let's see. Whoops. Go away. I don't know why you're here. Um, with work continuing on the modern era of Star Trek products, we're pleased to officially announce the first series of Star Trek Wrath of Khan action figures. This is the 25th, an- everything's an anniversary, mm-hmm. 25th anniversary. So you can get uh, a Kirk figure, and you can get a Khan figure, and you can get a Terrell figure as well. 
So the, the Kirk figure is a little weird. Um, his head doesn't really look like Kirk. But his toupee looks exactly it's like It's true. It. It's true. I think it's the face that I'm having a little bit yeah, of trouble with. Yeah. So uh, the Khan figure kind of doesn't really look like Ricardo Montalban either. But that's okay. Oh, can you make this bigger? The picture of the doll? I don't... It's thinking... Oh, oh look, yeah, yeah. You see, see I, I don't know about that. No, it doesn't quite, quite look. And the arms have weird articulation. It looks like he's got broken arms. Here. Yeah. It <laughs> sort of breaks the bicep. That's <laughs> a little odd. Well, so those muscles can throb independently. Yeah, I guess so. His hands... Can... And his, his legs and his crotch look... That's not right. It's not right at no. all. All right. So you can get those. And then... Where's the other one? Um, oh, this is the special Wrath of Khan exclusive figure. Yes. This is... Admiral Kirk. <laughs> Admiral Kirk. With the blood on his uniform. But, you know what? It could just be lipstick. <laughs> in fact, zoom it in. I was going to say beam it up. Zoom it in so we can see. Oh, let's see it. Uh, that see, looks less like it him. It does look less like him, and that looks pretty gross, actually. The blood looks like a Rorschach test. <laughs> That's weird. Now, the thing is, it says... You know who that doll looks like? Who? Albert Brooks. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Albert Brooks with blood on his uniform. I love Albert Brooks. Did <laughs> you know that Albert Brooks did a lot of the voices for The Simpsons? And didn't really do a lot of publicity. And he did the voice for Jacques, the French guy who tries to seduce Marge. Oh, really? He did oh. Jacques. I love Jacques. Mm. I love it when Marge, like, drops a bowling ball on his foot. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. And he <laughs> says, entirely my fault. <laughs> Just the other week, I, I saw that. the one where um, the Simpsons did uh, The Count of Monte Crisco. <laughs> I don't think I saw that Oh, one. my God, it's so funny. Oh, that's great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you got to see that one. Okay, it doesn't say how it, So, Wrath of Khan exclusive figure, it doesn't say how many of these they're making. I'm assuming if it's an exclusive, they're not going to make that many of them. But right. it doesn't say. So, anyway... Um, maybe we'll put this little image up so people can see how much it doesn't look like William Shatner. And looks like Albert Brooks. Looks like Albert Brooks, it's true. Um, while we're on the subject of funny stuff, I, I, we talked about this at dinner, but I wanted to mention it, and I'll put the link up too. Um, Mad TV, which is one of my favorite shows, did a really, really funny parody of um, the iPhone, <laughs> which we both really, really liked. Yes. Do you, I forgot to tell you, David Arroyo sent that to me and said, Oh, this how is cool. You, which I thought was really cool. But... Um, you know, being both Mac geeks and being all excited about the iPhone, the YouTube on YouTube you can watch it now. It's a whole little thing about uh, Steve Jobs coming out and announcing it, and all the people totally freaking out over it, and and then um, getting so excited because it's so incredible that they decide he's a witch and they need to kill him. <laughs> well, part of what was fun for me is. You know, knowing something of the Apple culture, not just the uh-huh. Apple users' culture, but the Apple oh, corporate yeah, I know, culture. Oh, yeah, because you work there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the the people who, uh, co-workers of mine, whoever you're volunteered to be ushers and stuff at Keynote, so they could be there live when yeah. Steve talks, you know, it was just really fun to me to see that parody. It was so good. The fact that, that you know, he's portrayed as this all-powerful person. The people, the owners are hooting and hollering, and then he holds his hand up and everyone falls silent immediately. <laughs> But wait, there's more. <laughs> Which is what Steve says. Exactly. It was so good. And then at the very end, he decides to beam out. And he holds up the iPhone and he says, iPhone, disappear me. <laughs> and he does. So, anyway, that's so funny. I just had to say that. 
Uh, okay. Did I ever tell you my Steve Jobs story in the cafeteria line? You said you bumped into him, right? Well, sort of. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was in the cafeteria line. I was at the salad bar, and I had gotten um, a baked potato, and now I was in the salad bar line getting some salad, and I'd gotten everything I wanted. And so I picked up my tray, and I turned. And I turned quickly, and I didn't realize there was somebody right next to me, and my baked potato went kind of <laughs> flying and almost hit this person. And it was Steve Jobs. <laughs> And I went, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> you know. So then I go and sit down. <laughs> and the people I'm with went, did you see that was Steve, right? And they always say Steve in this yeah, way. Course, but they, all, they call him Steve, not Mr. Jobs or Steve Jobs. Did you see that was Steve right yeah. next to you in line? I said, yeah, I almost hit him with a baked potato. <laughs> Shortly after that, I was fired. No. <laughs> For assault with a, a deadly vegetable. A, a deadly vegetable. Wow, that's great. Um, and he probably remembers that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. Yeah, he thinks about it from time to time, whenever he sees a baked potato. He thought it was insanely great. <laughs> and then he said, disappear me. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, back to Bill. Back to, back to Bill. Bill, Steve. Bill, Steve. Okay. Uh, Shatner Vision. Ah! Shatner Vision has put up, I think, 16 or 17 new videos every day. That's what it seems like to well, me. Well, they, they they are putting up at least one, and there are... I've been watching them and keeping up with them, and there are some that I'm really going to recommend to all of you that you go. Um, I have joined and signed up, so I get an email that tells me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that I'm recommending you should watch is Shatner remembers his legendary Rocket Man performance. And he talks about what he was trying to do. Uh-huh, that was very interesting. And uh, and how strange it is that he was doing this for this small audience and, and just sort of experimenting with it. And now, you know, it lives on and, and haunts him. Um, there are a couple I don't think I've really had a chance to, to watch yet um, where he talks about Denny Crane. Uh, the... I think we talked about this on an earlier show. There's the one showing him at the Grand Slam with Joan Collins. Uh-huh. That I recommend. Uh, they show the, the, the Priceline commercial where he zaps the guy. And uh, Shatner responds, what it's like to really fly. You have to watch this one. Because in this one he's talking about somebody has asked him a question. They're doing questions from mm-hmm. people who send in questions. About they saw him on a, a flying machine and what is that like? And so he's talking about this, and he's being interviewed by his daughter Liz. And uh, halfway through it, she goes, "You know, it's really funny that you're such a daredevil, and you have these three daughters who are basically afraid of everything." <laughs> and you, st- they start talking just as father and daughter, and it's a really wonderful moment because they're laughing about mm-hmm. this. That that as kids, he was always trying to provide them with these great, exciting experiences that terrified <laughs> them. And he goes, what? I, I taught you to ski. And she goes, yeah, you took us to the top of the mountain and left us there. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. And there's also one where he is talking about um, singing Taxi on the Dinah Shore oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so these are these are a lot of fun. They're they're really good, and Bill just keeps talking. He just keeps talking. Just keeps. He's like Old Man River. He just keeps rolling along. Yep, and he, you know, they're doing quite a quite a few of them. And if you send in your questions, you know, maybe they will will get to you. Do you think we should send in a question? Yeah. What's our question? I don't know. What do you is think? it about pants? Bill, we've had our hands in your pants. Remember us. <laughs> 
But I do want, this is what our question should be. Our question should be, answer this person's question. This was the question that was posted at Shatner oh, Vision. Yeah? What's the question? Hey, Bill, you should tell us about all those crazy adventures you had at the Nevada Bunny Ranch. Boy, I bet those are some saucy tales. Do you know what the Nevada Bunny Ranch is? Yeah, it's a whorehouse. Yeah, it's a really famous whorehouse. Bill went to the Nevada Bunny Ranch. I mean, obviously he was a guest. They do him for free. Oh, of course. They probably paid to do him. Yes. I would imagine. But. That would be interesting. I, w- I would like that. that question to be answered. His um, daughter can leave the room. Yeah, really. They could just set up the camera and she says, okay, Dad, talk. You know, give a holler when you're done. <laughs> I-, I can imagine that he would do that for the experience. Because he's Bill. Because he's Bill. And if it involved sex, let me save you some time. If you have a question. <laughs> the answer is yes. yes. Of course. What was I thinking? I would actually love to get his insight on what we were talking about in the last show. About him being part of the Kirk Spock thing. Oh, and now yeah. part of the, the Shore Crane thing. But... I know it would come off like those stupid fans at conventions who say, do you know about KS and what do you think of that? And and are seeking to embarrass the actors or get some sort of validation for Slash, which is not what I'm going at. I'm trying to, to get some insights into the, him as an actor, but I don't think it would come off that way. I think we could, we could find a way to phrase it that would, as you say, be asking him more about the acting than the, the character relationship. I think we could think about that. You know, you could say, how do you feel you approach the character's relationship as an actor? Mm-hmm. You know, you approached it in a certain way when you were working with Nimoy on Star Trek. How do you approach it with uh, Spader on Boston Legal? Like, how is that actor dynamic different? Yeah. I think that would be all right. But uh, the, part of what intrigues me is that they have both given rise, I think, rather unexpectedly to these intense male relationship icons. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would love to hear his input on. And that's the part where I think it's going to sound like, okay, you're just asking me about KS goodbye. Well, let's think about it. Okay. Let's try to craft a question that we think he would answer. That would be Listeners, your help would be appreciated. That's true. Homework. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Um, We have... There were a lot of Bill interviews floating around. Oh, man. Um, Here's one. It's very short, so I'll read it. And it's from um, money at CNN.com. And uh, it's listed as an interview with intergalactic superstar William Shatner. Is that like intergalactic Playboy? (laughs) I think it is. Super spy? What was it? Playboy slash super spy? uh, Slash polo player, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that thing is we were working on. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, his memorable money mistake. When I was a young actor at Canada's Stratford Festival, one of the older actors told me that Canadian uranium is the future and you must buy into it. So I bought it on Thursday with the entire $500 I had saved. The following day, the Canadian Prime Minister said the country would no longer buy uranium. I was wiped out. It actually hurt my performance on stage. <laughs> Since then, <laughs> I've let... thinking I'm broke. broke. Since then, I've led a very conservative financial life. What money means to me. 
For the longest time, I could never get ahead more than a few hundred dollars, no matter how well I did or what job I got, no matter, no matter how hard I tried to pare expenses down. With three kids, it was always very, very tight, and it was always a scramble for what, what was my next job. So I learned never to go into debt because I don't want those monthly payments to preoccupy my thoughts. I never spend more than, I, than what I can afford, and I don't owe anything. What I tell my kids. Don't buy anything on time, and that includes cars and houses. Well, good advice. Nice if you got the money. I was just going to say, good advice, but for most of us, that's really not the reality. Right. I want to know who that older actor was. I don't know. Lauren Green? (laughs) He was at Stratford. Could have been. I don't know. Why don't you write to Shatner Vision and (laughs) ask who was the elder? Yeah. In episode 27. Why didn't you just? (laughs) Hey, Mr. Shatner. You know, I think as a young actor, Bill was stupid. Because, <laughs> first of all, he falls for this. We've all heard the stories of him living on fruit salad. Yeah. Well, come on. He was... <laughs> of course, you know what? As a young actor, I was stupid. I think most people are stupid when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. But especially actors. Well, you know, he was he was preoccupied with acting and fucking as many women as he could get his hands yeah. on. So, how much time did he have left to think about other but things? But, the one thing... Yes. His dick could be the one doing all the thinking about that. You don't think he spent any kind of time, like, just daydreaming about it? When did he have time? Well, <laughs> that's true, I suppose. He didn't As have he to walked from it. one bed to the next? <laughs> uh, I'd like to do Sophia Loren. Oh, well, I'll do this girl. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I'd love to do Marilyn Monroe. Oh, I'll do this girl. Boom, 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 boom. It's a wonderful life. It's true. That's very true. I think you're absolutely you know, right I about that. I often think about something. I'm going to get this whole story wrong, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I believe it, it was attributed to John Barrymore, who was also quite the ladies' uh-huh. man. And uh, and I think somebody more or less asked him once, you know, well, you know, you've, you've gone all over the country. You've toured and you've traveled and, and you've banged a lot of women, you know, fans and everything. And. How do you feel about that? And he said something like, you know, if some old lady looks back on her life and goes, I'm so glad I slept with John Barrymore. I'm fine with that. (laughs) What a wonderful attitude to have. And I'm sure Bill thinks I spread a lot of joy. I I gave a lot of women really a good, good time. They had good orgasms. Good sex. Really good sex. I mean... It's not ever something you'd be ashamed of. No. Of course, Barrymore is also attributed with uh, answering when he was asked, did Hamlet sleep with Ophelia? And he said, only in the Chicago company. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) That is very funny. Yep. So that's Bill on money. That's Bill on money, yeah. Uh, and he's got a lot of it now. He sure does. He's a rich guy. Oh, wait, I want getting back to Shatner Vision, there are two <laughs> other things you should look at. They are both from his induction into the Hall of Fame, and one is his wife Liz doing the introduction, which is really nice, and then his acceptance speech, which is charming and funny, and at one point he, he uses that old line about, if I'd known I was going to last this long, I'd have taken better, better care of myself. And held out for residuals. And it gets a huge laugh. 
So, yeah. Oh, that is great. Take a look at that one, too, folks. Well, take a look at them all, but yeah. Okay. if you're pressed for time. Do we have more newsy things? That was all I had on. That was all we had on the list. Trek rumors. What does this say? Ramsey Shark Levine. <laughs> no, no. Comments on Shatner Vision. Oh. That's an at symbol. That's my shorthand to With myself. shark. <laughs> Shat. Shat, not shark. Oh, okay. See, and then Bill and Money. That was the last thing on the list. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I think those were all the little Those are the news tidbits. items. Okay. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to, I think, do an episode review. Are we? Okay. We How are. fun. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We want to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. Well, so change of plan. Because, well, I was going to say I fucked up, but it wasn't really me. Um, I had planned on taping Journey to Babel, and um, we put the tape in, and I ended up taping an hour-long infomercial on real estate in Florida or something. <laughs> but I'm really glad we watched it. So let's talk about it. <laughs> Real estate in Florida. Florida. This is how you two can become a millionaire in just six months in your spare time. Oh, hooray. Isn't that great? You know, it's too bad I have no spare time. <laughs> so actually a funny thing did happen. Um, we turned on the TV to watch the tape and we ended up watching the last 15 minutes of remastered Doomsday Machine, which was pretty cool. Which is an episode we love and I wish we'd seen the whole thing, but we did see the last 15 minutes. And uh, the remastered, the new Doomsday Machine they made is really cool. It's very, very cool. I, I was extremely impressed with that. Um, the coloring looked great. You know, just the the, the recolored and mm-hmm. everything else. And the Kirk light was fantastic, of course. And the way the constellation looked with all the damage and yep. everything, that was really good, it, too. It was great. So um, we only saw 15 minutes, but it was still good. Still mm-hmm. the last 15 minutes. So, uh, yeah, there's that. So let's talk about the thing that we just watched instead. Um, so we have, over the last year or so, just collected all this stuff that we keep meaning to look at and review. And this was something I had sitting on my hard drive since last August, actually. Oh, my when I downloaded God. It. So um, I don't remember where we read about this, and I don't know if you found it or I, I found it. I think I had seen some discussion of it on Trek BBS. Okay. So what it is is a, a fan project called Star Trek Phase 2, In Thy Image. And um, this guy named Jack Marshall took uh, Star Trek Five and re-edited it into an hour-long format, much like an episode with breaks, as there would be commercial breaks, and kind of took out some of the elements of the story and made it more like what he thought Star Trek Phase 2 was going to be like, the proposed series mm-hmm. that they ended up ditching in favor of the movie series. Right. Uh, so we just watched that on on the computer. 
And, and I kind of felt it turned out to be um, the um, cliff notes of Star Trek V. Yeah. Um, it, it was... I think we were both feeling like Star Trek V as a movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense anyway, and this re-editing of it, to me, made it even less sensical. And, you know, one of the things that stands out in this, it's been years since I've watched Star Trek V, but in this cutting of it, which he says he was trying to make like an episode, is it looked to me like, unfortunately, the focus of this was much more on Cybok yeah. than on the Trek characters, which I don't recall being that out of balance in any of the episodes. Certainly there were memorable guests like yeah. Khan, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, and the thing I said right at the very beginning was... It opens the way the movie opens with this fairly extended scene of introducing Cybok and some other stuff and the kidnapping and David Warner, who I was saying, whenever I see him now, I always think of him in Time Bandits <laughs> going, once I understand transistors, I will understand um, solid state. And when I understand that, I will understand computers. And when I understand computers, I will have all the knowledge in the universe. <laughs> telling his assistant he's going to turn him inside out. Anyway, um... Yeah, I just couldn't get past that. And then there's the credits, and I was thinking, in a TV show, you never do the first, like, segment without showing any of the stars of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a huge flaw right there. Yeah. But you know what else struck me watching this is, for the sake of moving plot along, this movie, and not just this cutting, but this movie sacrificed... So much character. Mm-hmm. And also for the sake of cheap jokes. And it made me think, really, I think the last movie where I really felt they were in character was Star Trek Three, Because mm-hmm. I felt that Star Trek Four, the voyage home, the one with the whales, mm-hmm. sacrificed a lot of character to get jokes in. Yeah, I think that's true. And this just followed in that even more. Mm-hmm. And then Six is not as jokey but there's still quite a bit of off-kilter about mm. it. I think that's probably true, although I think some of the best... There are some really good Kirk scenes in Six. Yes, there are. Where he really is yes. Kirk, I think. And the whole Rurapenta thing is just great. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, but yeah, I think I could probably... I could agree with that. This You can see a lot of Shatner bleeding through in Kirk in Star Trek V. Yeah. A lot. They're just, I mean, we were, as we're going through, and I haven't seen this movie in ages. I mean, probably since it came out. I don't think I've seen it since then, except maybe once, like on TV while I was, you know, vacuuming or doing something else. But there, for me, it's so hard to watch it because there are so many really obvious plot holes where it's like, people don't do this. Mm -hmm. This is stupid, you know, and, and things that are out of character in the scene where they, they, have the shuttlecraft fly into the net, a very Galaxy Quest-esque. <laughs> Even though there was no Galaxy Quest <laughs> really. at that point. And then they get out, and Kirk and Cybok have a fight, and then Spock has an opportunity to shoot him. And for Kirk to just sit there while Spock is supposed to keep him at gunpoint and not do anything, like not, as you were saying, run up behind him and smack him in the head or mm-hmm. call up to the bridge or fill the, the shuttle bay with gas or whatever... Kirk would never do that. And for Kirk sit there? to to scream, kill him! Yeah. Uh, I've always noticed that the toughest situation gets the cooler and terser Kirk 
perks become. Yeah. And he doesn't rely on other people to do the stunt thing for him. Right, right, right. He's not going to wait to make sure that Spock shoots this guy. Right. He's going to take steps to to solve the problem some other way. That's Mm -hmm. Kirk. Yep. So that was just stupid. And then to assume that the entire crew, and I know there weren't 400 people on the Enterprise, but whoever was there. There were more than seven. There were more than seven people that they would just, you know, sort of blithely allow this crazy guy to take over the ship without any sort of protest whatsoever Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. That would never happen. Right. So that was just silly. And in the end, it's like, what? So they go to this planet and it's not really God. It's an alien. And Cybok ends up fighting with himself like Lazarus. And then Kirk climbs to the top of a mountain. And then somehow the Klingon ship is down on the planet. Like, how did that happen? I know. I know. That's impossible. That doesn't, like, violates the laws of physics. That's not going to (laughs) happen. And, um, when they were in their, their Starfleet uniforms, the red ones, that was okay. But when they were in these away team uniforms, which are a dirty beige, like it made oatmeal. every, yes. And it made everyone look like they were stuffed with oatmeal. Oh, you know, that they all looked fat and dumpy they and, did. oh, Tate they were sacks. horrible, Just horrible, awful. horrible. It was pretty bad. So, you know, I kind of, I appreciate what this guy was trying to do, but I don't think it made it any more enjoyable. No. An experience. No. Um. But I think it, I don't think it particularly improved the story or anything, Mm -hmm. but I think he did do an admirable job of cutting it down to where you would say, this was probably one of the, the to mediocre episodes, you know, if it were an episode. One of the mistakes he makes, though, is right at the very beginning, before the thing even starts, is this long scrolling text telling oh, us about please. what he intended to do and some of the things he did. Well, don't tell us that. Yeah. And he, one of the things he tells you is that he took the music from the original series, but then he uses it inappropriately. Yeah. It comes in at strange times, suiting being incorrect for the moon. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you pointed out that he used ship music on a planet scene. Yeah. It was clearly a piece of ship music. And, yeah, that it's very jarring when that's when it's mm-hmm. wrong like that. Um, I will tell you, though, there is one moment in that movie I love. Yeah? And I'm glad it was in this. It pretty much had to be. It's sort of the linchpin of the whole thing. Is when Kirk does his I need my pain yeah. speech. I really love that. That's That he refuses good. to to deny or lose any mm-hmm. part of his existence, no matter how, how bad or painful. I liked McCoy's scene also, um, with his, his father. Mm-hmm. I thought that, um, Kelly did a really good job yes. of playing that, um, as a doctor mm-hmm. in that situation. And, and that was nice to see. Yes. Um, so there was some good stuff. So there were two things we observed that, um, we hadn't, I hadn't noticed before, and again, it's been so long since I've seen it. One is that um, when Kirk is talking to whoever it is at Starfleet who's telling them that they have to go to Nimbus 3, that is Harv Bennett, the producer, who's Which playing Which I never role. realized. And I recognize, it's like, oh, look, that looks like him. Check the credits. Yeah, it was him. Then in the scene where we're exploring Spock's uh, whatever it is, and somehow Kirk is there, and I don't really understand how that works, because it's supposed to be in his head, so somehow Kirk was drawn into his head. I guess it must be that psychic bond thing that must going be on. that yeah, yeah they're psychic friends. they were having a three-way mind right. meld um and the guy that they chose to play young sarek actually looked quite a lot like mark leonard and we both thought oh it kind of sounded like him too and then at the credits they actually had gotten mark leonard to do the voice <laughs> so that was kind of interesting um also another person who was in the movie is when Kirk first comes onto the Enterprise from the camping trip. Right. The yeoman or whatever who helps him into his jacket is his daughter, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. 
and I can, it just made me laugh because I remember discussing this with Wildcat, and we didn't see it in this cutting, but apparently in the movie when he first beams on board, you see them all working around mm-hmm. on the on the bridge, and she's doing, you know, like crew work too, and Wildcat said, it always looked like, to me, like she was vacuuming, but didn't really know how to use the <laughs> vacuum. <laughs> So those of you who really want to watch all of Star Trek V might want to watch out for the vacuuming scene. The vacuuming scene. scene, definitely. So you want to talk about Walter? Oh. <laughs> well, first, before I forget, I wanted to say that we both had a good laugh in the scene in Spock's brain. Um, when In Spock's brain? When when they're they're watching him being born. Oh, okay, yes. Because, oh, yes. because there's the Vulcan priestess who takes newborn robot baby Spock. It was a very bad little... Plastic model, robot plastic baby. Robot baby. Yeah. But you got to wear that outfit and the little thing on your That's head. That's right. They recycled that from Star Trek they did. 3. They did. So it's now a, a Vulcan midwife's uniform. It is. And let me tell you, she had some long fingernails for a midwife. Yeah, I that was kind of scary. But uh, yeah, you got to wear that. Yes. That's right. I was. I'm, I have those pictures on my computer of you posing with that thing yes. on your head and the long We should have gotten like a baby doll. Yeah. You know, if we go back, let's bring a baby doll. So that was sort of exciting. And, and reenact Spock's birthday. You can lay there and go, ah! Really? Um, so we both noticed, and I can't believe I never noticed this before, how pissed off Walter Koenig was throughout the entire thing. Yep. From the very first scene, he is sitting there, and his face looks like he's just been sucking on lemons. It does. It does. He's just, oh, God, he's on the rag. He is. The whole, and the whole movie, pretty yes. much. Yes. He's just pissed and angry and, and practically rolling his eyes at other people's and dialogue. Just sitting there wishing he was a thousand miles away, anywhere but here, with yep. anyone but you is yep. what is written all over his face. <laughs> so that cracked me up. Just yeah. that was my stomach growling. Oh um, but um, yeah, that was pretty funny. It was. Walter. <laughs> what a concept. So he took out, uh, the guy who edited this took out the whole Cybok as Spock's brother subplot that was not right. in there at all. And he took out some other stuff, too. He took out the Uhura fan dance. Oh, and right. And the, um, the Uhura and Scotty romance, right. which was kind of pukey. I mean, you know, the the things he, he chose to cut, I was pretty good with him cutting. Um, oh, he, he cut out the whole rock climbing and, and falling. Oh, right. And the, the row, row, row your boat. And the marshmallows, yeah. Yeah. Cut that. That was all right. I didn't miss that too much. Nope, I didn't either. I still want to know what that room is that they're on on the Enterprise with the big captain's wheel in it. I told you it's basketball court. <laughs> so let's talk about space horses. <laughs> there were space horses. There were. I just, Little space ponies. They I'm were so cute. So fond of using the word space in front of whatever noun you happen to have at hand. Um, and, and in that scene where Cybok first rides up to the guy who's guarding his holes in the ground. And he's on a horse. And I was like, where do you get the horse from on, his, on Nimbus 3? And then, of course, you see that, in fact, it has a horn sticking out of its head. And it's painted purple. So that automatically makes it a space horse. Yep. And then later on, when they co- break into the compound, they're riding different space horses that mm-hmm. are blue. You know, and I couldn't help but think, uh, I can't remember where this was, if it was at a con or whatever, but somebody asked Leonard about um, what it was like being directed by Bill. And he said, well, you know, in a Bill Shatner movie, there's a lot more riding of horses and <laughs> running and jumping. It's tiring. <laughs> well, we were saying, you know, 
Bill got Those were to, Bill's space horses from his space they, ranch. They you were. <laughs> Bill got to um, climb rocks. He got to ride horses. He got to climb different rocks on the, the god planet. He got to do a shoulder roll. He got, he to, got to get blowed up. Got blowed up. Um, got to stand on Leonard's shoulders. Yeah. Um, he got to do some other stuff, too. He didn't get to bang a woman. Not that we saw. No, but I'm saying he didn't have to seduce anybody. Oh, that's, that's true. Or that's true. He didn't have to seduce anyone. Um, he got to and he got to wear his stupid T-shirt on the fridge of the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just have to say, it's my theory that um, the woman that he cast to play the Romulan, the mm-hmm. only reason she is in this movie is because he was banging her at Had the time. To be. She is awful. She is the oh, worst yes. actor just ever. She's, She's terrible. Dreadful. Can't act, can't act like a Romulan, and she has really crazy hair besides. Mm-hmm. It's like a bowling pin on her head. Mm-hmm. Really stupid. Um, what else? And you know, it was really sort of um, Judy Jetson hair. I mean, it, it looked was. like a hairdo out of the Jetsons. You're right. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's pretty much it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So. If you wanted to watch it, you, I forget where I got it. Um, I downloaded it from... You could Google it. Yeah, you'll find it. It's free. You don't have to buy it or anything. And he's put it in a format such that you could burn it to a DVD if you wanted to keep it as it. But I don't think we're going to be doing that. I, I don't think like we it are. Enough. No. Uh, so there you go. Another piece of Star Trek fan thing. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call that. Space TV. Space TV. Okay. There you go. Okay. So that was that, and I'm really sorry we didn't get to see Journey to Babel. Um, yeah, or all of Doomsday or Machine. Or all of Doomsday Machine. Now, wasn't there one more thing we were going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, but let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and okay. do it. Okay, we'll do that. Cue the music. for time time for time yes on the um well i'm not sure exactly when the uh end of january beginning of february time magazine you know they always have a segment near the beginning 10 questions for Mm -hmm. and that week it was william shatner and it has a a, a neat sort of character denny craneish sort of picture to go with it because bill is everywhere because he sure is everywhere so he talked with times clayton newman about bad game shows, bringing peace to the Middle East, and unavoidably the Captain Kirk Star Trek le- legacy. Um, it's interesting. They're asking him why does he think "Show Me the Money" was uh, was canceled, and he says there's something inherently not exciting about a game that people couldn't quit. <laughs> the fun of the game is the shock and awe of seeing someone get so greedy they'll stay far beyond what you think is a safe gamble. Ours wasn't a gamble. Um, then they ask him about the evolution of Denny Crane. I like the character. I think he's fun. But the writing this year does not enhance him as much as it might. There are a lot of characters in the series that need to be serviced. We always want more to do, to go deeper and funnier. I'm sure at some point they'll come around to it. Hmm. Um, they talk about the Richard Branson thing. 
And uh, and then about Star Trek Eleven, he says, I did have a talk with J.J., and he outlined what he wanted to do. Getting a character who is supposed to be dead to talk to his younger self is a storytelling problem. But if you want to guarantee the audience will come in droves, one of the things you might do is include some members of the old cast. And when you read, some members of the old cast think me. Yeah, <laughs> that's code for Bill. You are so indelibly linked to Captain Kirk. How do you pass on the torch to a younger actor? Well, you light a match. No, I really have nothing to offer. I can't say to some young actor, play it this way, because he's going to play it his way. But I will say he's got to be young and good-looking and rich and charming. (laughs) And hot. And hot. Don't forget the hot. Some people say Star Trek is past its prime and it's time to move on. Would you agree? There was something about Star Trek that sustained it all those years. But with so many entities of Star Trek out there all at once, the audience began to leave it. Now, there's a huge experiment going on. Will the audience pick up their love affair? We don't know. And as talented as J.J. is, this is the real test for him. He's got to give a known quantity, the Abrams twist, and yet maintain the Star Trek game. Oh, here. Babylon 5 actress Claudia Christian, we talked about Mm -hmm. this, recently gave an interview in which she accused you of once making advances on the set of T.J. Hooker. Well, who am I to tell a lady that she's a liar? I have no recollection. I'm sure it was memorable for her, though. (laughs) Have you heard that actor Jeff Daniels recorded an album entitled one of the songs that William Shatner can, I can too? And Bill says, can what? Sing? He laughs. No, I haven't, nor have I heard the sentiment. William Shatner knows he can't sing. And then the, the interviewer says, this, that hasn't stopped you from recording albums, most recently with musician Ben Folds. Bill says, that album has perhaps been more positively reviewed than anything else I've ever done. And then in brackets it says, time laughs. Not the interviewer <laughs> laughs, but time laughs. And Bill says, you find that funny, do you? <laughs> Those are good. Those are good things. Yes. Um, I, I found that interesting. They're, they're good questions. They're not necessarily the questions I would ask, but um, I did like that they got his input on that Claudia Christian mm. thing. And Oh, very good. So, uh, so that was Bill in Time Magazine. And since I usually do political figures, mm-hmm. this, was, this was very refreshing. He is an intergalactic superstar. He sure is. And, and play, Playboy and, and uh, uh, polo player. Too. Polo player. Yeah. You know, he plays polo on space ponies. (laughs) With space mallets. When he's not playing um, null gravity handball. (laughs) What was that game that they used to play on Deep Space Nine all the time? It wasn't racquetball. I remember the Riker fighting his dad with Space racquetball with the giant Q-tips. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. That had a name, too. I don't know. They used to make up names for that stuff all the time. Try racquetball. Try racquetball. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Some dumb name. Quadra basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that was Bill in Time Magazine. That's great. And he is everywhere. He he's got all kinds of stuff coming up. You know that Milwaukee ballet, uh-huh. and uh, and all his shilling and his Boston legal. Just everything, everywhere, everything. all the time. I wonder if they're going to try to do something special when the remastered episodes come out on DVD. Um, like a TV sh- a special or I'm sure they will. They'll, they'll find more ways of cashing in. Yeah. On. And I, I mean, it would, I think it would be interesting if they got him and Nimoy and some of the others just to comment on what it's like to see them enhanced 
Like they they watch them. Well, they could pretend. <laughs> they would probably show them, you know, two minutes worth of all the new they, they, special they, effects. Look, here's the old Doomsday Machine. Here's yeah. the new Doomsday what do you Machine. Think? Ooh, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. Um, and we have something else, do we not? Do we? I thought you were going to read something. Oh, I th- do we have time? Yeah, do we, we want to do oh, that? Yeah, oh, talk. okay, hold on, I closed it. I was waiting for that. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so um, you will remember a few weeks back, Lena read a really wonderful story she had written about Kirk's death. And so I wanted to, to read you a story that I had written about Kirk's death. It's called The Last Seduction. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a challenge posted on ASC. It was called the Great Lines Challenge. And what you had to do was take a great line from a non-Trek movie and use it in a Trek story. And there were some really wonderful responses mm-hmm. to that. But this was mine, and I this isn't too too long. So I'll go ahead and read it, and please, then we can we can it. all just um, sign can, off after story well, time. We can bask in the glow of this story. Okay. Kirk remembered resting his cheek against Antonia's thigh as she stretched. Mmm, that was so good, she'd moaned. It was like dying. I'll take that as a compliment, he'd replied. She'd laughed, that gorgeous low chortle that always sounded like the response to a dirty joke. He wished she was with him now, for her warmth, her smile, her passion, for a thousand reasons, none of which loomed more importantly than telling her that dying didn't feel good at all. It was happening slowly, and it hurt like hell. Sharp knives were stabbing him all over, sharp, hot knives that turned him cold, worse than cold, alone. It didn't matter that Picard was there hovering over him. He was alone with the pain as the knives cut away everything else, everything he was, everything he'd planned, everything that was just over the next hill, alone with the approaching nothingness. Picard seemed to be moving away, slowly drawn back, but that was an illusion. Whatever was behind Picard, a darkness beyond black, brushed Picard aside as it rolled forward. The sun disappeared behind it, then the sky, the hills, the bridge he'd fallen from. And when there was nothing left except the hot, cold pain, the darkness began dismantling that. But he needed it. He needed his pain. Pain meant he was still alive. He could still go on, could still make a difference. He couldn't die. He was James T. Kirk. James T. Kirk? What did that mean? He'd known once. He was sure of it. It had been important. He grasped at the ghost of a memory. James T. Too late. The words dissolved into senseless sounds and vanished. Then he felt the years falling away, so few, too few. He wanted more. He demanded more. More time. Time for friends, lovers, journeys, sorrows, promises, regrets, life, life, life. No. No more time. The darkness took on a color, deepest red, and red meant fight. There was something inside him that still knew that. He wasn't going to take no for an answer, was he? but his unvoiced protest was swept aside by a sudden onslaught of motion, a turbulence of reds and purples. Like a swift-moving river, it tumbled him over as if he were no more than a twig fallen into the current. Laughter. There was something like laughter. It rippled softly, a come-on, a dare, a beckoning glance. You're not going to turn back now, are you? 
He felt no fear and had no thought of resistance, not any more. This was seduction on a cosmic level. It smiled, flirted, drew him in. He felt it wanting him to go deeper, deeper to its very heart. There was no question of consent. Consent had been given in the first moment of life. How could he have forgotten? He wasn't broken or alone. Loneliness and pain couldn't coexist with the roaring elation that swooped him up and carried him onward. Then he saw it. Life and more than life, bursting with possibilities, fresh and new, unfolding before him like a rosebud, he murmured. Something tugged at him like, like an eager horse pulling the reins, a ship straining against its moorings, a lover kept waiting too long. He was flooded by half-remembered sensations, the last sweet tokens of what had come before. Or perhaps the first taste of what lay ahead? There was only one way to find out. The end. Yay! Yay. What a great story that is. You know what I find interesting? Because I haven't read this in years. It's very interesting to me how very similar our visions of his afterlife are. That there's a journey, that there's motion, that mm-hmm. there's forward movement. Because that's what it and would And that be it like. is a sense of adventure. It has to be like that for Kirk. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, if there's anything after death, and it has to be what it's about for you. And that's all, all what it's about for him. Yep. I mean, he would never be satisfied with anything less. Yeah. That's a great story. It's 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 kind of a fun little companion to yours, it, it, I think. It, it, they're two good stories, yeah. and they both sort of have happy endings. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is good. Yay! So this show has a happy ending. Yeah. Well, we strive for happy endings. That's right. Um, okay, so I think maybe next time we will have a Star Trek <laughs> episode to review. We I will hope. Jeez, <laughs> if they can get it together and not show an infomercial on real estate in Florida. Yeah. Again, when they say that they're going to be showing Star Trek. <laughs> jerk, jerk, jerk. Well, then you're boldly going where no one our age has ever gone before. <laughs> so in the meantime, um, keep sending us email. Keep doing your homework. Send us homeworks and things like that. And um, we will be back with more and more and more Boston Legal, right? Because we're mm-hmm. going to have new ones by then. Oh, yes. And we record again. Okay. Um, great. So, yeah, send us email because we want to hear from you guys. Good night.